The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by the Association of American Railroads. New technology creates a smarter and safer freight rail network that is ready to meet the needs of tomorrow. Visit AAR.org. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, September 27th. In today's news, President Trump's effort to shield his call with the leader of Ukraine is part of a broader push for secrecy. Mike Pence is trying to stay out of the fray, but Congress plans to look into his role, too. And House Democrats may try to vote on impeachment by Thanksgiving. But first, the big idea. The whistleblower's identity remains obscured. The details of his work for the CIA cloaked in secrecy. But the document he delivered reveals almost as much about the investigative mission he carried out in stealth as it does about the alleged abuses of power by this president. From the moment he learned about Trump's attempts to extract political dirt on Joe Biden from the newly elected leader of Ukraine on July 25th, the CIA officer behind the whistleblower report moved swiftly behind the scenes to assemble material from at least a half a dozen highly placed and equally dismayed U.S. officials. He wove their accounts with other painstakingly gathered material on everything from the intervention of Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, in the U.S.-Ukraine relationship, to alleged efforts by American diplomats sent to Kiev and attorneys in the office of the White House counsel to contain or suppress the accruing damage. On August 12th, he delivered his document, a nine-page version of which was made public yesterday, to the intelligence community's inspector general. Six weeks later, the whistleblower has, by some measures, managed to exceed what Bob Mueller accomplished in two years of investigating Trump, producing a file so concerning and factually sound that it has almost single-handedly set in motion the gears of impeachment. Greg Miller, an intelligence beat reporter, notes that the rough transcript of the call that was released the day before yesterday shows that the whistleblower's depictions were eerily accurate for having neither heard the conversation nor seen the actual transcript. In the complaint, the whistleblower wrote that he had heard troubling information from multiple White House officials who he wrote were also very concerned. Trump, speaking yesterday at the United Nations in New York before returning to Washington, disparaged the author of this report, saying that he was, quote, almost a spy and potentially guilty of treason. Attacking his accusers, of course, is one of Trump's standard practices when thrown on the defensive. He repeatedly accused Mueller and other investigators involved in the Russian inquiry of being dishonest, beholden to Democrats, and engaged in a politically motivated witch hunt. Significant differences, though, between the Russia investigation and the whistleblower complaint may make it more difficult for Trump to rely on such tactics this time. Among them are the accusers' anonymity, the existence of a transcript that many regard as formidable proof of the underlying allegation, and also the speed with which the complaint has already transformed the political landscape here in Washington. Trump has all but called for the whistleblower and those who assisted him to be unmasked, despite federal laws designed to protect the identities and prevent reprisals against such whistleblowers. Other officials have said they're intentionally not seeking information about his identity. Joseph McGuire, the acting director of national intelligence, testified yesterday that he does not know who wrote the document. A Justice Department file related to the case noted that the inspector general found some indication of, quote, arguable political bias on the part of the complainant. But McGuire 
stressed that he does not question the whistleblower's motivations. McGuire, who was appointed by Trump, said, quote, I think the whistleblower did the right thing. I think he followed the law every step of the way. And that's the big idea. Here are three related headlines that should also be on your radar. Number one, the White House has taken extraordinary steps over the past two years to block details of Trump's phone calls with foreign leaders from becoming public following embarrassing disclosures early in his administration that enraged the president and created a sense of paranoia among him and his top aides. The number of people allowed to listen in on secure lines when he talked to foreign leaders was slashed. The list of government officials who could then review memos of the call's contents was also culled. Fewer copies of transcripts went out to agencies, and they were stamped in all caps with the message, eyes only, do not copy. And some officials who deliver call memos had to start signing for the records to create a custody record if they were ever to leak. The whistleblower complaint says the transcript was, quote, loaded onto a separate electronic system that's otherwise used to store and handle classified information of an especially sensitive nature. According to the whistleblower, one White House official described this act as an abuse of the electronic system because the call did not contain anything remotely sensitive from a national security perspective. Number two, as Trump called the whistleblower a traitor, Vice President Pence was in his home state of Indiana on Thursday, sticking to script and talking about trade or trying to. Even as Pence distanced himself from the impeachment saga playing out in Washington, his penchant for sidestepping the Trump administration's most controversial episodes is perhaps facing its greatest test yet. Pence didn't participate in that July phone call, but his name has emerged in several other contexts. And the whistleblower complaint says Pence canceled a planned trip to Ukraine at the direction of Trump as part of a campaign to pressure Volodymyr Zelensky. Three people familiar with the matter confirmed that Pence's attendance had been requested at Zelensky's inauguration and that his office had looked at dates for his visit to Kiev. Then he changed his plans when he asked the president if he should go. Trump himself reminded reporters Wednesday that Pence has had extensive conversations with Ukrainian officials during the time period covered in the whistleblower complaint. He even said the press should demand to see those transcripts. That set off a debate inside the administration about whether to release them. While some in the White House were concerned about precedent, others argued that Pence's conversations with Zelensky were appropriate and contained nothing alarming and would therefore be reassuring to people. But the vice president's meeting on September 1st with Zelensky and his discussions with Trump about it will be key targets for House Democrats seeking to determine if the White House tried to leverage nearly $400 million in military aid to force the Ukrainians to investigate Joe Biden. The White House released the aid on September 11th only after lawyers said they were running afoul of the law and after a several-week delay that was ordered by Trump himself. Pence told reporters after the September 1st meeting that he hadn't discussed Biden, but said he had relayed to Zelensky Trump's, quote, great concerns about issues of corruption. Number three, House Democratic leaders are eyeing a fast-paced investigation into possible impeachment. They're instructing the committees handling the probe to wrap up their findings within weeks in hopes of concluding before the holidays. Multiple Democratic lawmakers and congressional aides said there's no formal timeline, but the need for speed, as one aide put it, comes as Nancy Pelosi is under intense pressure from vulnerable freshmen to keep the investigation narrowly focused and disciplined. Pelosi and other leaders huddled in a basement conference room at the Capitol last night with more than a dozen frontline members representing the toughest districts for incumbent Democrats. They discussed the fledgling probe and, in the words of multiple attendees, tried to get on the same page. 
Inside the room, the group urged leadership to keep the messaging around impeachment on national security and the Ukraine probe that's being led by House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff. Some senior Democrats are arguing that other committees should forego potentially explosive hearings altogether because they worry that it could muddle their message and distract from the intelligence panel's work. One exception may be Michael Atkinson, the intelligence community inspector general who handled the whistleblower complaint. Schiff says he's asked Atkinson, who previously spoke to the committee behind closed doors, to return for a subsequent public hearing. But many of the moderate freshmen don't want to be seen as rushing to conclusions. So there's some tension here. They don't want to have no hearings, (laughs) but they don't want to have too many hearings. And one of the first credible polls to test the Democratic push for impeachment following Pelosi's big announcement on Tuesday night finds the public almost evenly split. An NPR PBS Marist poll that was conducted entirely on Wednesday shows 49% of Americans approve of the House inquiry and 46% disapprove it. Independents disapprove 50% to 44%. Under an informal timeline that is being discussed by multiple Democrats, the Intelligence Committee would spend the coming weeks investigating Ukraine. Meanwhile, the other five committees investigating Trump-related scandals would work to close out those investigations as quickly as possible. After that, the findings would then be passed to the Judiciary Committee, where Chairman Jerry Nadler, the congressman from New York, would take the lead in drafting potential articles of impeachment. Following a two-week recess that House members are now out for, the House is scheduled to be in session for the last three weeks of October. Then, after another one-week recess, there's another two weeks of session before Thanksgiving. Some Democratic lawmakers and aides tell us that they believe impeachment articles can realistically be ready for a vote on the House floor right before Thanksgiving. That will definitely give the family something to talk about over turkey. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, September 27th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you.